You know, now a lot of you know that we've been serving um, food to the evacuees out in the Puna area, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Thursdays. And one day I was sitting there and I was having lunch with um, one of the couples that's evacuated. And he was talking. And uh, now the Salvation Army is involved in this also. And he says, you know, before when I used to see them in their red buckets, I used to go the other door. Because I didn't want to pass by them. I didn't want to see them. I didn't have any money for them. He goes, you know, I'm so grateful for the way that, we've, that they've been serving us. I'm so grateful for what they're doing. You know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to make sure I have money in my pocket. So when I see them, I can give them money. Because now I know what they're doing. They're helping people like us. And when I was listening to him, I was thinking, you know, that heart of gratefulness. He was so blessed that it's birthed gratefulness in him that now he wants to be a contributor. He wants to give. And that's the same thing with each of us. We are so blessed. God has done so much for us. Even when we're walking through the hard times, God walks with us. And that bursts within us a gratefulness, a thankfulness that says, hey, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to give back and be part of blessing others just like I've been blessed. And when we have offering, then we get to respond out of obedience and gratefulness for all that God is doing and will continue to do in our lives. The Apostle Paul wrote one time, he said, you know, how can I thank God for this indescribable gift? And sometimes I wonder the same thing. And when I get to give, when I get to bring my offering, I get to thank God. Now, if you're visiting for the first time, don't feel that, that you have to give. That's something you can do if you want to. If you're from another church, we understand that your tithes go there. But if New Hope is your home church, or if you feel like, I just, I just want to give, then this is the time where we get to respond to God we get to respond out of a heart of gratefulness and say, Lord, would you take what I'm giving to you and would you turn around and bless others with it just as I've been blessed? Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so very much for loving us, for your grace towards us, for the way you walk us through difficult times. Lord, we are grateful and we want to respond to you, Lord God. Out of obedience, we want to bring our tithes. Out of a heart of gratefulness, we want to bring our offerings. So would you receive this, Lord God, and would you turn around and bless those in the same way that we've been blessed. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Marsha. We are in our series, Discover New Hope. And for some of you, when you came in, you are given a, a, a booklet. And so you want to take that booklet out because that, that is going to be our notes for today, and you're going to be able to follow along. And some of you have been here for the past couple of weeks, and because of discovering new hope it's not just discovering new hope as a church but discovering your new hope in jesus christ so this is a part of our membership so we're doing a four-week series uh, on discovering new hope as a church and so as you learn and uh, learn the heart and vision of our church you get to decide if this is the church that you're going to call your home church or some of you you're looking for you know churches to go to as well as once again kind of revisiting the heart and vision of our church for some of you you already made that commitment long ago and you're saying why do i have to re-up for membership well it's also a way for us to stay connected uh, sometimes you know uh, things change maybe information so you can update us with the information that is uh, now new maybe you changed an email or whatever it is or your phone whatever uh, but you're going to see a card on the inside or a, a little sheet of paper in the bulletin that has all the information. And if you want to go from attender to member, 
The difference is a tender comes and receives, which is great. We all need to receive from the Lord, receive from His Word, and together as the body of Christ, we get to learn and grow together. And then when you become a member, now you're contributing. You're now a part of the bigger picture of what God is doing in and through every single person here at the church. So we're going to get ready to do that. And we're going to be talking about our denomination a little bit today called Foursquare. Now, some of you may have heard that before, the word Foursquare. But more than just hearing about it as a denomination, Foursquare is actually something that God is using, or our denomination that he's using throughout the entire world. So we are a part of a bigger picture. Today we have Dr. Don Eubank, who is with our Foursquare denomination, and he uh, oversees our chaplaincy for Foursquare. And so he's here with us today, and we're, we are going to do a ceremony today that has to do with one of our guys, and you may know John Haiduchik Nakayama. He's been serving with us. He's been one of our ushers. Uh, he is one of the ushers, and he's also serving in the Puna area with the relief efforts. So today, we are going to uh, do an oath of office, uh, and so we get to be a part of that. So I'm going to ask Dr. Don to come up, as well as uh, John Kioni is going to come up, and then Robert uh, JC, you're going to come up also. And Dr. Eubank, thank you so much for being with us Aloha, today. Aloha. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And, and so you're going to just describe to us a little bit on what's happening today so everyone understands. Yes. This is good morning, New Hope. Aloha. I'm Don Eubank. I'm the endorsing agent for Foursquare Military Chaplains. So today, you know, uh, John Haiduchek Nakayama is actually, for the next minute or two, a staff sergeant in the Army Reserves. So we're gonna give him the oath of office and he is transitioning out of the enlisted ranks of the military into the officer ranks as a chaplain candidate. This is the beginning of a, about a five-year journey for you, John, where you're going to be coached, mentored, taught, you're in seminary right now. Actually, John and I have been talking for about a year. It's a, it's a very lengthy process to uh, disciple and mentor and teach uh, a man or a woman to become a pastor. And so with Pastor Sheldon's help, we're doing that. And so you're going to become a chaplain candidate. And, and John is going to begin to train with the Hawaii Guard as a chaplain candidate. And so we're really excited about uh, doing this today. Could you get the paper uh, for me? Okay, great. All right. Right. So, Sergeant Moore, would you please publish the order? The President of the United States has reposed special trust and confidence in the patriotism, valor, fidelity, and abilities of John Antonio Haduchik Nakayama. In view of these qualities and his demonstrated potential for increased responsibility, he is therefore promoted in the Army of the United States from Staff Sergeant to Second Lieutenant. Promotion is effective 8 July 2018 with date of rank, 8 July 2018. Signed, David A. Weisberg, Colonel, United States Army. You can fix it. What, a, what a great moment. Before we give you the, the oath of office, your pastor, your fellow uh, non-commissioned officers and your wives have just pinned on your new rank. I want to say what an historic moment this is. In the Foursquare Gospel Church, we have about 
21 active duty chaplains. With the Guard and Reserve, we have about 42, but we've never had a chaplain come right up out of the Ohana of Hawaii. So this is an amazing day. Awesome. Hallelujah. Woo! The first time, the first one ever in Hawaii, right here at New Hope with Pastor Sheldon's help. Thank you, Pastor. So please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, John Antonio Paducek Nakayama. I, John Antonio Paducek Nakayama. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States. That I will obey the orders of the President of the United States. And of the Governor of the State of Hawaii. And of the Governor of the State of Hawaii. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservations. Without any mental reservations. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will, will well and faithfully discharge the duties. Discharge the duties of the office in the Army National Guard of the State of Hawaii. In the office of the Army National Guard in the State of Hawaii. So help me God. So help me God. Welcome to the Army Chaplain Candidate. <laughs> Sergeant Moore just saluted his former NCO peer and now as an officer and uh, chaplain candidate, Lieutenant John Hajducek presented him with a coin. This is a long tradition in the military presenting a coin to someone for outstanding service and excellence in service. And I am going to present Pastor Sheldon this morning with the four square chaplain coin for, sir, for your outstanding service and ministry, and especially in helping John. God bless you. Love you, brother. Thank you. So you just need a pen. Uh, you can just sign it. You got it. So, Kioki, can you just uh, explain to us just a quick uh, overview of what this means for him for the, the other side of it, not just Foursquare? Okay. Uh, Aloha, church. Good morning. Aloha. So, yeah, you may Guards, be seated. Go ahead. Please yeah, yeah, have a please, seat. Please. <laughs> National Guard soldiers um, serve and work in the, basically in the community they're born and raised in. Um, from like myself, born and raised in Kaneohe, now moving up here to Hilo. Um, Johnny actually was my neighbor, my friend, and uh, now he's under my command as the, with the Army National Guard. So I'm excited for that. Um, Johnny has an opportunity here. Um, being a guard soldier and being, when Pastor Sheldon says he's ready, being the only chaplain on the island, he'll be able to pastor to not just Army guard soldiers or Army airmen, 
or he will also get to pastor to, when needed, active duty soldiers, Marines, uh, Coast Guard, their families. Um, just a huge opportunity that he's going to take the, our church's culture to their families uh, when they need it the most. So that's um, what this is all about today. So congratulations again, Johnny. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. But Can we just thank all of them? Congratulations once again, John. Thank you. Way to go, JC. Well done. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. So part of what we do in Foursquare is much bigger than just our church alone. It's global. And that's what God does with people. He takes ordinary people like you and I, and he gifts them and equips them to do greater works in our world. So wherever you go in the world, God is always with you, and he makes us better and better every single day. When Amy Simple McPherson, who is the founder of our denomination, when she first received vision from God, she started a worldwide evangelism, uh, interdenominational mission on reaching people. And so if you look at your notes, when you think of Foursquare, we're, we're a member of Foursquare. That is our denomination. And the historic Angeles Temple, which is still in uh, Los Angeles today, opened its doors on January 1st, 1923. And it's still operating today under Pastor Matthew Barnett. And it's, it's uh, going well. So we get to be a part of the bigger picture. Also, as, as members of the Foursquare family, we're covered uh, as a corporation through the different avenues of insurance purposes. We, we have different uh, laws that we need to abide by. So we have attorneys in Foursquare that helps us to make sure that we're right on target with laws and making sure we do things ethically, uh, ethically correct, as well as making sure that we are all teaching the Bible, that we're not going off track from something else or bringing in you know, strange and weird doctrine, but we want to make sure that we're on target so that's what Foursquare provides for us. They help us also with workmen's compensation and all the legalities that go on behind the scenes so that we as a church can focus on the mission of reaching people for Jesus Christ. And if you want more information, if you look at your book, uh, you can go to foursquare.org and learn about the history. And that will be great because if you're a part of the church, you want to learn about the bigger uh, picture of who we are as a Foursquare family. And then from time to time, you're going to see these symbols and you have that in your booklet. You're going to see the cross. You're going to see the cup. You're going to see a dove. You're also going to see the crown uh, in our Foursquare logo. So I want to just explain quickly what that is. And let me just move this right here. Jesus Christ is our Savior. So when you said yes to him, that is called salvation. And because he is our Savior, the question is, what has he saved us from? Well, what Jesus did was he saved us from eternal separation from God. When he died on the cross and rose from the grave, he put death to death. So now he owns the keys to the grave. So when you and I say yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior, we also say yes to salvation for all of eternity. So when you say yes to Jesus, that means you go to heaven when you die. And we get to spend eternity with God. Now, some people think, well, eternity, that's long. I'm like, well, what am I going to do in heaven? Well, I know this for sure, that we get to worship God face to face. Like, we get to be in the presence of God as well as the Lord Jesus Christ. And
and people that you and I know. Those who have said yes to Jesus, that is how we get into heaven. We're saying yes to God's free gift of eternal life. And that, there's no hard work for you and I. Sometimes we think, well, do I have to be good? Do I have to do good things? No, no. Jesus did all the hard work. He went to the cross and died for our sins so that all we need to say is yes to his salvation for us. And once we say yes, now, now our life has really begun because now old things have passed away, all things are new. Now we get to live this life for God. And you might be thinking, really? I thought God's goal was to get me to heaven. No, if God's goal was only to get you to heaven, then the moment you said yes to him, he would have taken you home. For some of you, you would have liked that. It's like, I need to go to Jesus now. I need to go to heaven now. Jesus, take me now. And, you know, you have your kids running around. It's like, I'm going to go home to heaven. I'm going to be here with you guys. But it's more than that. God says you have a mission. You have an, ex an assignment here on this earth. So now when we say yes to him, now we can hear his voice. The Holy Spirit breathes us to life, breathes our spirit to life. And now we operate under the power of the Holy Spirit and now we can become everything God made us to be. That's why we say, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We cannot do everything on our own. We can do some things on our own, but to become the, the best you that you can be, we're going to need God for that because the, the you that God sees is greater than the you that you see. And we're going to need his help on that. And I'm so thankful to know that God is going to help us to get there because the, the life that he has promised for us is so much greater than the life we plan for ourselves. But he gets us there. Also, Jesus is the healer. That's what that cup is. That's why when we receive communion, uh, we, we receive communion, or we're going to receive communion next week, we're reminded that Jesus died for us, brought healing to us, and then helped us to be healed. Healing only comes through him. He is also the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, in other words, that word baptized means to be inundated, to be waterlogged, to be filled with. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, now you have the power in which to walk out this life. For some, they, they speak a language. The Bible calls it the gift of tongues. So it's a gift that God gives to you. Now, not everyone receives it. I'm not sure why, but we still desire it. And what that gift is, it's a spiritual language. Kind of like, you know, when you talk to your husband or someone you know really well, like you have your own code. That's kind of like what it is between you and God. Your spirit knows what to pray. Because sometimes we don't know what to say anymore to God. We just don't know how to pray. But if you have a, a prayer language, your spirit knows how to pray. And so you utter words that God can understand, and some others can because they have the other gift of interpretation of tongues. So they'll interpret it if it's in a setting like this. But when you have that gift, then it's used to connect your spirit with God's spirit. And the devil doesn't understand a single word you're saying. So it also keeps you from the enemy, and you talk with God. But, that's, that, that, but just because you... If you don't have the gift of tongues, it doesn't mean you did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because that word baptized means to be filled with. So you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And what, what happens is when you say yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But then God brings in the person of the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, he stirs it up. 
And once it's stirred up, kind of like your, you know, ice-blended mocha, once it's stirred up, you can't separate everything. So once you're all blended up with the Holy Spirit, now you're living and operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. So now we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you live the life that He promised you. Will we make mistakes? Absolutely. Will we have some failures? Yes, we will. But He never fails us. That's the good news. And then the final symbol you're going to see is that Jesus is the soon-coming king. That's what the crown is. And because he's the soon-coming king, we get to look forward to that one day. Now, when I was growing up, my grandmother would go to church, and she would want me to go to church. I hated church, so I didn't want to go. And she said, well, you need, she's Filipino, so she would say, you should come to church because Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back soon. You need to go to church. So I said, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and then my grandfather, he didn't want to go to church, but because that is his wife, he went to church. Some of you understand. So he's going to church, but he was like, you know, you say every time, Jesus coming soon, Jesus coming soon. He don't come back yet. So no one knows the day or hour when Jesus is coming back. So if you ever see on the internet or social media that Jesus is coming back December 12, 2018, you know he's not coming back December 12, 2018 because the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour. But that's, that's what we get to look forward to. We get to look forward to seeing Jesus face to face one day. And the Bible tells us every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So I don't want to wait to that day. I'd rather willingly confess him as my Lord and Savior, not when I see him face to face. I want to call upon him while I can make that decision. If you turn the page over, page 10, if you've been a part of our church for a while, a lot of what I'm sharing is going to make, a lot of what I'm sharing uh, is familiar to you. And the four components of our church, we kind of wanted to break it down so that you can get a better idea of what the church consists of because it's not just Sunday morning. Although that first circle or first component of our church is services, if you want to write that in, it's services. We focus highly and heavily on Sunday mornings. And the reason why we do that is because, and we shared this the other week, that our vision is to reach people far from God one relationship at a time. So what we do on Sunday morning is we do everything possible to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that people can understand so that when you invite your family and friends, we partner together in your attempts to reach them. So we do everything uh, as far as worship, the word that is given, sometimes there's a video, sometimes there is a, uh, someone giving a testimony or, or like a fun sketch that we do. And, and so we weave in the gospel in that kind of creative way so that when you invite someone, they can receive. And so what we do is we, and, and we shared this the other week, that we do everything with an excellent spirit and heart. So at 5.30 in the morning, we gather together and some earlier with our kitchen they come here like 3 30 to get things prepared because we want to do things well for when you invite your family and friends so we gather at 5 30 here to prepare for our services 7 9 and 11 and we run through everything make sure all the microphones are working make sure we know where to place things like this morning we had the flags come up we run through the ceremony what it's going to look like where we're going to stand and we do all of that so that when you invite someone they're not distracted. Imagine if we just did things on the fly. 
And we just on the fly, I'm saying, okay, Dr. Eubank, you're coming up. Uh, John, you're going to stand here. Uh, Kyoki, you're going to stand here and say something, Kyoki. Like if we did it on the fly, we, we'd be all over the place. And you would be sitting there. If we didn't run through everything, you'd be sitting there with the person you just invited and you'd be like, oh my goodness, this is not going well. And you're like, I'm not going to invite nobody to church because this is horrible. Can't hear the singers or, or the keyboard is off or drummer's off or light's not working. And if we do things on the fly, then it distracts you in your attempts to reach your family and friends for Jesus Christ. And imagine if a new person came and there's all this chaos. We want to present the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that people can understand and are not distracted by other things. So we do our very best to, to minimize distractions by doing things with excellence so that when people come here, they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our heart. That's why we do what we do. So that's our services. Wednesday and Sunday, a little different. Sunday are for new people and for those of us who are inviting people. Uh, that's what Sundays are for. And you can still attend if you've been here for years. We still receive together. But the, the vision of Sunday morning is to invite your family and friends. That's why we have our fellowship hall. That's why we work very hard at our breakfasts and, our, and the well where we have our smoothies and things like that. We, we are constantly thinking of ways to serve you and those you invite so that when you come here, you can have breakfast together. And I don't think there's any other place that you can go to where you can have worship and the word and eat thereafter and for some of them they're in the fellowship right now and you're uh, fellowship hall right now you're having breakfast along with some coffee and maybe a bagel or something and you get to listen to the message and you have your children with you and you don't feel like you're making a mess in here so you get to be in there and that's why we have the fellowship hall also it's another venue for those who uh, want to be in that area for some of you when you invite people to church it may be that they don't want to come to church so I've heard of people saying, instead of saying, hey, come to church with me, they say, yeah, I want to treat you to breakfast. So they bring them up here into the fellowship hall, and they treat them to breakfast. And then they sit down, they're like, hey, what is this place? Oh, it's my church next door. I go to church over here. What is this, a restaurant? Yeah, this is where we hang out afterwards. And then the word is in there, and people get to hear the gospel in the fellowship hall. So we just think of creative ways on how we can reach out to family and friends. Now, it's not deception, okay, because church is you. You're the church. So what we're saying is we want to provide an area because for some people, for some reason, and I can understand this because I was at this place, I didn't think I was worthy to step foot in this building. I used to think to myself, if I step foot in this building, it's going to? See, you was here too, same thing. But we have, we have reinforced steel and fireproof walls, so we're good to go. We're good to go. The only thing burns is when we worship God and the devil got to get out, so that's the only thing. So we have our services. That's a part of what we do. And then small groups, that's the second component, the second circle. And in our small groups, you've been hearing about rooted and growing, and we're going to talk a little bit about that next week. And that, those are our ministries, different activity groups, and uh, it helps us to uh, as a church of this size, it helps us to become smaller so that we get to know each other better. And then the third one is serving. And there are tons of servants serving right now in the kitchen, right now behind the scenes uh, in our Life Stage ministry area, as well as when we do the Puna relief efforts. So there's always serving happening. 
And I can, I can tell you this, my growth in the Lord skyrocketed when I began serving. Because that, what, what Jesus said was, you know, you're going to have different people in authority, but I am found among the servants. So if you want to grow closer to Jesus and your walk with Him, be involved in serving. Because that's where Jesus is found. It's among the servants. So we serve, we do different outreaches. And then the last circle component is stewardship. That God has gifted us and given us things to steward, things to manage, things to invest in, our spirit, our family, our health, our finances, the way we think, our time, all of our resources. So we want to steward that well. And once you get involved in ministry, now you're, you're beginning to understand how ministry operates. And those four circles on the bottom, or if you're on the church app, those four circles consist of discipleship where there's devotions or mentoring or accountability or excellence. That's the area where we disciple because in, in everything we do is discipleship. Discipleship is not a class you go through. Discipleship is learning from the Lord. So everything we do is discipleship because Jesus is always discipling us wherever we may go. The second component is discipline. Because it takes discipline to be involved in ministry. We look at our lifestyle. We look at social media, our attitude, our character. And in today's world, social media is very important in being a believer. Because I can say one thing in church and then another thing on social media. And it almost seems like there are two different people there. In church, I'm hallelujah. In social media, I'm saying hallelujah. other stuff. <laughs> So it, like it doesn't match up, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, Lord, we need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. So my social media needs to match up with my relationship with God. So we really look at that when we're serving in ministry to help disciple one another, to get us on the same page with God because we live a new life. Our life should look different than that of the world. The third area is dedication. Just think about it when those who are serving, for those who serve on the worship team, in the parking lot, in our kitchen, in our uh, nursery, these are all people who are dedicated to serving God. I'm so thankful, and I believe you are too, because some of your children are on the other side, and they get to learn about Jesus Christ in a creative way, in an environment that is uh, theirs, and in a way that they can understand. So we have people who are dedicated, and then the final thing is dynamic that we get to serve God with a dynamic spirit. That's why everything we do up here, whether it's hula or a dance, we do it with dynamic or with a dynamic spirit. Worship, we do our very best to have that dynamic spirit to it because God deserves our very best. He deserves it. I want to take you to page 11. Kat and Pastor Marsha was talking about water baptism at the end of this month. And for some of you, you have already said yes to Jesus but you never made that next step for water baptism. Well, water baptism is basically a symbolic burial by which the new Christian publicly declares that they have died and are now beginning a new life in Christ. So when you first said yes to Jesus, it was a private confession. And then it comes to baptism, you're making a public confession. Now you're letting everyone know that you believe in Jesus. And the word baptize in number two is the English form of a Greek word, which means to immerse to place something in something else. That's what baptism is all about. So in Christian water baptism, the, the believer is put completely underwater, 
and then immediately raised out of the water. So you go under. Some of you, we leave underneath kind of long time, depending on, you know, what we know. And then we bring you back up. But it's just really quick. It's really quick. Sometimes a wife hold them down a little bit. It's like, no, honey, you stay here a little bit longer. I like to see bubbles. When I see bubbles, I'll bring you back up. And then we bring you back up, and then you take a breath of air, and you're fine. We don't want you to see Jesus at that point, so we bring you back up. But it just signifies to everyone who is watching that you now believe in Jesus Christ publicly. You're letting everyone know. And sure, you can let everyone know that you believe in Jesus before water baptism. But Jesus said it so well when he came to John the Baptist, who was his cousin. He came to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John said, wait a minute, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said it so well. He says, no, no, no. Permit it so to fulfill all righteousness. And when Jesus was baptized, the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son who I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended. And that's when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were together once again. Something of righteousness takes place when you're baptized. I don't know what it is, but God does. So if you're contemplating and you're kind of struggling with it and you're saying, I don't know because, you know, I was already baptized as a baby. I'm not sure if I should again. Well, the reason why you were baptized as a baby is because your parents loved you that much. So they, they baptized you. Now you're at an age where you understand baptism and now you're thinking, so do I get baptized again? What do I do? Yes, you can get baptized again as an adult or as a person of age where you can understand because as a baby you didn't understand but your parents did. That's why they baptized you. So you're at an age where you can make that decision. And so if you do, you can register at our information center or, or meet us at Coconut Island. But it is just a great time for God to do something great once again. Because water baptism is a statement of faith, if you're writing in number four, that your old life is behind you. Now you are a new person with a new life. For I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So you're, you're living this new life. And water baptism is actually a sign of repentance, which means to change your mind, change the way you think. That now you're living this new life, a change so drastic that the old person is buried. And now you're living this new life. So it does not make you acceptable to God. Jesus makes you acceptable. So some people think, do I have to get baptized to please God? No, no, no. Jesus, Jesus pleased God by going to the cross. And now we get to be water baptized, publicly letting everyone know that not, not that you're now being acceptable to God or being ex that God accepts you now, but that you're letting everyone know what you believe and who you believe in. And then the last one, number seven, that water baptism is a way of giving testimony to what has happened inwardly. So it's a testimony of what has happened inwardly and a clear commitment to turn from the old life. And it takes time to do that. That's why Jesus is there with us every step of the way. Will we become perfect after water baptism? Nope. We will still have some failures. But we get to now live publicly for Jesus Christ and we get to let people know that we believe in Him. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, so that will come up uh, toward the ending of the month, and we'll let you know uh, what's going to be happening. We'll continue with Rooted and Growing next week and then finish off the series. But I'm so thankful that we get to go through this as a family. 
I'm going to ask you to close your books and, and uh, maybe you can put that away or your Bibles. Also, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And if you have been here when the worship team was here, they are called Diversified. And they have some things in the fellowship hall if you want to take a look at their merchandise. But they have been outstanding today, uh, allowing us to worship God together. So can we just thank the worship team one more time? Thank you so much for being here. And we wanted to do something special for them too so that they can continue to do what they're doing. And we wanted to receive a special love offering. And let me just explain what this is. Whenever we do a special offering like this, it is for you that you can ask God if you get to be a part of this. And if God speaks it to you, great. If he says, no, you don't need to give, I would never want you to feel pressured to give because the Bible says that, not to give with pressure or reluctantly, but give out of your heart. So if God puts it on your heart to give, then by all means do so. And we're going to pray over the, the special offering. Uh, but thank you again for investing in people, uh, investing in, in the lives of others. And thank you once again, John, for... Uh, taking on this role of uh, candidate for chaplaincy. It's going to be a good journey, and we're thankful that we get to be a part of that. Thank you for being here, Kyoki, and all of you other servicemen and women for being here. Can we thank all of our servicemen and women, our veterans, all those of you who serve our country? Yeah. We're so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and we're going to also pray over this special offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for family. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for bringing, for bringing people together. And we know that you are doing greater things in our world than we see right here in our own church. We pray for Dr. Eubank and Jackie, his wife, that wherever they go, that they would continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're thankful, Lord, for your spirit. So we ask for your blessing over the offerings that are given that it comes from a heart, Lord, of gratitude, a heart that says we are on board to preach the gospel in creative ways. We pray your blessing over diversified, that you would use them mightily wherever they may go. Open the doors for them, Lord. And thank you once again for letting us give towards good works. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen, amen, amen. <laughs>